0: hey good morning hope college grace and peace to you i just want to want to be sure that you know it's friday yeah. Woo! it's friday you have made it through three weeks praise the lord you're doing awesome and i know i know i know you got three tests next week and i know that paper is coming up but how good it is that we start this weekend here um Singing to God, all grace and glory. So, welcome, welcome. If there are some guests in the house, as there probably are, we are so grateful that you're worshiping here with us this morning. Come back anytime. We love to have you. Um, we are eager to celebrate with you tonight, to have fun and connect with you at Men's and Women's Night Out. That's at Camp Geneva. Beautiful night. The other thing I want you to know is that I hope that during your time here at Hope, you get to know some of our neighbors. We have some great neighbors here at Hope. One of my favorite is right next door. It's Western Theological Seminary, that beautiful building right next door. I graduated from Western six years ago, and it is nothing short of a miracle that I did that, and it changed the course of my life. So if you ever want to talk about seminary, I would love to talk to you. To that end, come on up, Felix. This morning, um, one of our favorite neighbors, and here's one of our favorite presidents. uh, One of our favorite presidents. Uh, This is Felix Theonagraha, and he is the president of Western Seminary. He is a faithful um, president, pastor, preacher, and just brother in Christ. So we are glad to have you. Welcome, Felix. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Jennifer, it's a good thing you caught President Skogan uh, from the corner of your eyes, because that's not what you said earlier before you saw him. You told me that I was absolutely your favorite president, but I'll take it. Hey, friends. Uh, my name is Felix. I'm the president of Western Theological Seminary. I just want to say this right now, right off the bat. Please do not be a stranger in our building. Our building is open. You are welcome to use it. Come and hang out. Use our library. Hope College students, you are always welcome at Western Theological Seminary. Absolutely. It's such a joy and a privilege to be here this morning. President Skogan, Dean Johnson, thank you for the invitation. I have two kids. I have a 14-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter. And right now, we're going through a stage where they are discovering that rules that we have always told them as absolute rules are not quite as absolute as they thought it once used to be, they were used to be. One of the rules that we're talking about right now is this rule, no food upstairs, or no food in your room. When my son was about three years old, I woke up one morning on the fifth day of December, and I discovered in his room that he had woken up in the middle of the night, grabbed his Advent calendar. You know his Advent calendar, don't you? One where you, you know, count down the 25 days of Christmas, you open one box, you take out the chocolate for that day. On the fifth day of Christmas, in the middle of the night, he had gotten up, took the advent calendar up back to his room and proceeded to open every single box and ate all the candies in all those boxes. Right next to the advent calendar was one of those containers of decorating sugar that you pour on top of the Christmas cookies. Two out of the five containers were empty and he stopped because the other three portions of the containers were not yet open. So we established this rule, no food upstairs and no food in your room. Well, now that they are 14 and 12, that rule has gone a little, you know, we're relaxed a little bit about it because it's a lot easier to just poke your head in their room and say, listen, clean the food in your room, bring the dishes downstairs. You can probably think about rules like this in your life. Things, rules that you thought once were absolute, they are no longer quite as absolute as, uh, as, you, as you experience them. Maybe some of you are experiencing that right now as you come to college, starting your college career, Maybe it's simply because there's nobody watching you every step of the way, making sure that you obey those rules. Well, friends, the passage that we want to look at today, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, is a passage that is followed by a series of six sections where Jesus sounds like he's redefining some of the laws for the Jewish people. This is why he said, though. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And then he goes on to express how much he really means by this. Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Friend, this is a key text. Because you started this on Wednesday, you will continue to look at the following text that follows this section. And you will see Jesus say things like this. You once heard it said this, but truly, truly, I say to you. But what he has given to us in this section is a key to unlock the rest of these passages, a lens through which we view the rest of these passages. And this is what he's saying. Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear. As I say these things, I am not abolishing the law, but I am here to fulfill them. To put it in our present day terms, not even the dot of an I or the cross of a T can disappear until everything has been fulfilled. So, friend, that's my first encouragement for us today. We are the people of the Word, and God calls us to submit ourselves fully and entirely to His Word, revealed in Scripture, in the Bible, but also in the person of Jesus Christ. We do not get to pick and choose which part of the Bible that we listen to. Then Jesus goes on to say, to say this, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teacher of the law, you will certainly not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is an interesting piece. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were the religious leaders of the day, and they were so concerned about the fact that they're living in their own land, yet they were living under Roman rule. They were living under oppression. And they believe that if they can get the entire Israelite people to fulfill and obey all of God's laws as we have them in the Old Testament, then the kingdom of God will be established. It's a worthwhile, honorable desire. But somewhere along the way, they got into this place, and I want to use this rich, deeply historic theological term to describe what they got themselves into. They got themselves into a hot mess, they were so concerned about following all of the laws that they started creating new laws to prevent people from breaking the original law. They got into such a hot mess that they were more concerned about the law than the people that they were surrounded by, that they were living among. In their zeal, they got into such a hot mess that they were more concerned about the loss of God that they missed the heart of God. They were in such a hot mess that when Jesus appeared, They miss Jesus. Friends, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Here's my second encouragement to you, Hope College, as you begin this academic year. Make sure that in your walk with God, that you don't mistake knowing things about God and doing the things of God to the point you end up missing God himself. You can behave like a follower of Jesus. Do everything that you are supposed to do as a follower of Jesus. You can attend chapel three times a day. You can attend every single gathering. You can do every online Bible study. You can do every in-person Bible study. You can choose a college where chapel meets three times a year. You can lead worship. You can act like a follower of Jesus. Talk like a follower of Jesus. You can say the right string of words. And dare I say it, you can even be a seminary student and be the president of a seminary. And fulfill all the check boxes of what it means to look like a Christian, yet still not be with God. You can look like a mature, good, model, follower of Jesus, and yet miss the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We can look like somebody who followed Jesus, rather than being someone who submits to Jesus in all aspects of our lives. So what does it look like for us to be with Jesus? You see, a few chapters later in the book of Matthew, one of those teachers of the law, who I'm sure remember what Jesus said about the least of these commandments, came to Jesus and said this, well, Jesus, given what you said, which of the commandments is the greatest? And this is what Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all of your being, with every fiber of your being in every areas of your life, in every minute, in every hour of your waking and sleeping. Friends, God has extended his grace and mercy to us. The question for you is this, will you respond to his love by loving God with all of who you are. Will you respond to his love for you in all areas of your life, in your study, in your performances, on the athletic fields, in the locker room, as you're working on your projects, as you're working on your, in your labs, in your residence halls, in the fraternities and sororities, in your work, in your relationship, in your friendship, in your everything, friends. We don't love God in order to earn God's favor. We love God because God has first given us everything. Everything, including his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that we may enter into a relationship with God. Friends, as you go today, do not mistake doing the things of God or knowing about God as a substitute for knowing God and being with God. So as you go, may you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Amen.